Philippians 1, verse 1 to 2, says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are, who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that'll do. Uh, over the next few weeks and months going beyond Christmas, we are going to be looking into this series um, uh, after we picked up on um, praying like a disciple in the first half of the year, we want to pick up on this thought of servant discipleship. And I introduced this um, two or three weeks ago, um, looking at, from the book of Philippians, looking at serving the gospel, serving one another, serving by the Spirit, and serving with pa- uh, perseverance and faithfulness. Um, and over the next few weeks and months, various people are going to contribute what God puts on their heart as we look at this um, together. And, um, and this series supports our desire to build a church of disciples who carry his love to the many thousands in this town. I was inspired, and we've, we've blessed Helen this morning, inspired by, by Victor, who for me was the epitome of a servant disciple. Somebody who lived his life for God, for the gospel, for others who serve by the Spirit and serve with faithfulness and perseverance. And we need more people like that because then our church will be changed and it is changing, praise God. And our town will also be changed. And I'm going to use the, we're going to use the book of Philippians as a launch point. Uh, and you will hear last week, last two weeks, Richard has spoke uh, very powerfully and passionately on the theme of disciples what it means to be a disciple. We are intended to be disciples. Discipleship really wasn't an optional add-in on the becoming a Christian <coughs> form that you filled out. There wasn't an optional add-in. I'll, I'll take a bit of this and a bit of that. and a bit. It's not there. We are meant, and I speak to myself, we are meant to be disciples. We are intended to be followers of Jesus Christ. And as I kind of bring my first contribution, I, I really just want to start by laying some foundations on that I think we need to have if we're not going to be, look at this series from, an, from a, a dodgy angle, if you like. We need to get our foundations right on what we mean by servants and slaves. Uh, I grew up, and many of us grew up, and I thank God for my, my heritage, thank God for the church that I grew up and he gave me such a grounding in the word of God, gave me such a grounding and a foundation of what it meant to love Jesus and to follow Jesus. But also a lot of it was kind of work-based. You kind of had to do a lot of stuff and you were valued, maybe we were valued by what we did rather than the value that God put on us. And we felt in many ways that we had to earn the love of God by doing things. We felt we had to earn God's love. We had to earn God's favour. And maybe if we didn't quite get it right, we might have lost his love or gone outside of his love or even lost our, our salvation if we, if we got things so terribly wrong. And I think uh, we kind of had this idea that as long as we look okay on the outside, it's okay on the inside. Um, and people could serve and did serve really well, really powerfully. But when you unpick their lives... <laughs> their lives were a bit of a mess. Their marriages weren't very functional. The things they were doing with their mind wasn't that great. But because it looked like to one another we were serving well, 
we kind of didn't worry so much about what was happening underneath. And I know there are many examples and many stories. Eric's got one of my favourite that he can tell you another time about his family wanting to go to the prayer meeting. <laughs> okay? Ask him about it. It's hilarious. But there was, it was like, as long as it looked okay... <laughs> what, what words do I use? <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> the story is, members of my family wanted us And uh, there was a, a huge bust-up. There was a huge argument, right? Uh, it was on a meeting night. And so the famous words that have passed down through history came out. You lot can go to hell. I'm going to the prayer meeting. So, <laughs> so that was, who was that? Was your, who's that? No. <laughs> so what that story illustrates is the form had to be done. We had to do the meetings, we had to do the jobs, we had to do the activities, but what was in the foundation was wrong in some cases, not in all cases, but in some cases, so that we ended up doing things, but we didn't have it for the right heart or the right attitude. And we need to get that foundation right. Otherwise, when we come up here and we say, we want you to serve this, we want you to serve that, you can think, it, man, it sounds like we're berating you to do things. Because things is what makes up the kingdom. The kingdom does inspire things, but we don't, we don't earn the love of God. We, don't, we shouldn't earn the love of others through the things that we do. Do you understand? Do you understand? You're never going to... You could decide, I'm going to serve every single Sunday and every single meeting. Do you know the loveometer of God for you will not rise one inch because you serve, 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 serve? Do you know the loveometer for God will not drop for you by one inch if you never do anything again for the rest of your life? He loves us. You cannot earn it by doing things. You do not make yourself a slave in order to earn God's love. And even though we got things wrong, in the, we got things maybe wrong in the past, and what is the danger in that is that to correct it, you can overcorrect it to the point where it says, oh, God loves me. I know his grace. I don't have to do anything. I let other people do it. I can just sit back here and I'll pitch up when I want to pitch up. I'll do what I want to do. It doesn't matter anyway, because God loves me, God's going to bless me, whatever happens. I think that's a dangerous place to be. Because there is a blessing of God that comes from obedience. There's the favour of God that comes from obedience. But in terms of who we are before God, what you do or don't do cannot change that. So let me really quickly, because we've, we've run on time, which is good. I'm going to look at who we serve. I'm going to look at how we serve. I'm going to look at why we serve. So we started with, uh, back on here, thank you, Lord, Philippians 1. This is where we began this, where it says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Who are we serving? We are serving Jesus. Anyone want to disagree with that? We are serving Jesus. You're not serving LGC primarily. You're not serving LGC. You're not serving me. You're not serving your discipler. Primarily, we are servants of Jesus Christ. The problem when, when churches go awry is when big personalities begin to take over and dominant people take over and people end up following that or they end up following a vision 
We need to follow a vision, but it becomes a primary thing. The problem with that is that pastors, however big, however brilliant they are, they could well let you down. However great a church is, it's going to get things wrong. However amazing a vision is, there will be a time when you as brothers will have a difference of opinion on a vision. But what's going to happen to your relationship? If you're serving the vision alone, the relationship can break down. But we are servants of Jesus Christ. Amen? We're servants first and foremost of Jesus Christ. You know, Richard reminds again last week where we started, the word servant, doulos which I thought was the town that, um, that in Shrek, but Jonathan reminds me, it's not Doulos, is it? What is it again? Doulok, sorry. <laughs> Most of you don't know what I'm talking about, but that's fine. Doulos, the word Doulos, means slave. It means slave. Now, be honest, who wants to be a slave of me? You, know, you don't want to be a slave of a person, do you? You want to be a slave. If, you're going to be, if I'm going to be a slave... In all of its, we we went through the history of that word, which is a terrible word, and has been abused. And and generally, in a human environment, slavery will always be abused. You don't have it. But you want to make sure your master is perfect if you're going to voluntarily go into slavery. Do you understand? And no human being is perfect. No human being is perfect. Richard reminded us of Paul's encouragement last week when he said, imitate me. But I'm sure, which I know which will say, what he's asking them to imitate is their character. It's, their, it's, what, it's the person that they are, they are um, showing in the way they live their lives. You don't want to become like me. Me. A, a whole church of me's will be very bland and very boring. I have three children. One in here, one in, one in work in London, <laughs> one in the university in... in in Surrey, and one of them overslept this morning, didn't go to church, but don't tell her I told you. She's going tonight. But listen, um, they all came from Hazel and I, but they are so different. They're so amazingly different. Dan is not like Joe. Joe is not like Becca. They're so different. And if I, as a father, said, right, this is what you are to become, and taken the template who I was, and rammed it on top of them, You've got to become like this. I would have crushed them. Because we've learned. Children are different. And you have to find a way. Okay, who are you? And you guys with young kids, you'll find this. Who are you? I, as a father, what's the, how can I help you to become the best per- version of you that God intended you to be? Understand? And in discipleship, that's what we're not trying to force a template on people. We're trying, to, we're trying to be a good leader in terms of integrity and our character. But Jesus led such varied people, but he helped them to become who they were supposed to be. He didn't force a model on them. And if you become disciples or slaves or servants of me, I can try and you become, well, this is how I would do it, so this is how you should do it. But when we actually become servants of Jesus, a true discipler, says, I'm going to help you to become like Jesus. Because in becoming like Jesus, you become who you're supposed to be. Do you understand? When you serve Jesus, you become like Jesus. And this will never, ever fail. So in all that we do, we serve in Jesus. Do you know, 
Do you know that every time the, the sound team pull equipment out of there, they're serving Jesus? Every time Elliot or Reese or Johnny play or strum or bang, they're doing it for Jesus. Every time we come, the welcome team, stand at the back, Alan, stand at the back right now. Who's he doing that for? He's doing it for Jesus. Of course, we do it because we're in a family. Because we're in a family, we express it through the way we serve one another. And in fact, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 5, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord's, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. We express it in the way we serve each other, but we are serving Jesus, and the goal is to become like Jesus. Don't worry, you don't have to become like me. And all God's people said, you didn't have to do that, did you? Because I know, Dave, we don't want to be like you. But it's true. You don't want to be like me. But I want to, as a leader in this church, see you become all that God intended you to be. And it may not look like me. <coughs> but it's going to affect the kingdom. So we are serving Jesus Christ, number one. How do we serve? Let's go down a few verses of Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And I think uh, Leah just mentioned this verse. Now, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. If you remember when we introduced uh, this topic, we said the book of Philippians is a book of extremely high standards. It's a calling to a stellar a life, a stellar living out of the Christian life. And so, so, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. Whoa. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. It calls to a very high standard uh, of Christian living. But I love the way that Paul opens right at the beginning of his letter. He opened with these words. And I think if we miss this, um, if we miss this, then our, we can get our, our, excuse me, our calculations wrong in how we view servanthood. We can end up thinking we've got to work, we've got to labour, we've got to strive. Um, but after applauding them for their partnership in the work, he said, I fa- he said um, we lost it, I've got it here. Verse 6, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion of the day of Jesus Christ. He began the work and he's going to finish it. He began the work and he's going to finish it. What we do in between, our serving, isn't to gain those ends because he did the work and he's going to finish it. And the work we do as service has to be built on the work that he has done. Do you understand? The work we do in service has to be built on the work that he has done. We cannot add to the work. We cannot make it any better or any worse. But we have to work and by building on the work that he has done. How you serve has to be rooted in your identity as a son and daughter of Jesus Christ. Remember, you say this many times. I'm first a son before I'm a servant. I'm a worshipper before I'm a worker. We have to build our service upon the work that he has done for us and our identity as sons and daughters. In this regard, we're not slaves that are driven because we have to do things. 
We're not slaves that are whipped. We come, Paul said, I'm a slave of Jesus Christ, but he was not forced into slavery. He made himself a slave. Why? Because of the amazing love and the, and the work that Jesus Christ had done in his life. We've said already, not one minute of hard work can add anything else to the love God has for you. He saved you and he will finish it. Amen. He saved you and he will finish it. And you are forever, your life is hidden with Christ in God. It is a work of pure grace. He is going to hold you and protect you and deliver you faultless before the throne. On that day when all sin has gone, all sickness has ended, all despair and pain and tears are gone forever, we will stand faultless before his throne. Why? Because he who began a good work is going to complete it. And what I do in my labour has no impact on that. When we realise this, this is why I'm saying this is how we worship. When we realise this, it transforms how we serve. Because service stops becoming duty and a demand. And instead, service becomes worship. Do you understand? Service, when we're talking about serving as disciples, it stops becoming about demand, stops becoming about demand and duty. Instead, it becomes worship. Service becomes worship. Isn't that wonderful? We've just spent 40 minutes or something worshipping in the presence of God and that's wonderful and we'll never stop that and that sound will never end. The sound of singing and praise and worship will never end. But do you realise your worship worship does not stop when we stop singing? Do you realise your worship doesn't stop when you stop singing? Do you realise that after the service is finished, there's going to be loads of opportunity for you to worship? Loads of opportunities for you to worship. And it's worship that's as valid as the worship we've engaged in together this morning. His great love calls for us to sublime surrender at the Saviour's feet. And at the Saviour's feet is where all true worship leads. How do we serve? We serve on the basis of our identity. And we serve by worshipping Jesus. It's not about great effort or striving. Because he's begun the work and he will end it. We can't do that. What do we do when we serve? We're worshipping. Because we're servants of Jesus Christ. Given a few examples already. But do you realise every time Barbara pulls the tea and coffee here for you this morning. She's worshipping. Every time the musicians practice their instrument for, what, for Sunday morning, they're worshipping. Every time the guys put the chairs away, we're serving each other. It's not, we're not doing it because we have to. We're not doing it because we ought to. We're doing it because of the great love of the one who began the good work and finishes a good work. You know, this week as you go to Connect Group and you hear somebody's in need and you feel, I've got the resources to help them. I'm going to serve this person. You bless them, then you worship him. Do you realise that if somebody needs a lift home and they're going to get the bus and you say, don't go in the bus, it's wet, it's raining, let me give you a lift home. We're worshipping. How we serve the gospel, how we serve one another, how we serve by the Spirit, how we serve with perseverance is worship. And that's summed up in one of my favourite verses in Romans chapter 12, um, verse 1. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, 
by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. There is something, when we live out how God wants us to live, we're worshipping him. So when we come to you and we say, there's opportunities, you know, we, we really could do with more musicians. We really could do with more musicians. God bless. It's great to have Reese join us in the last few weeks. Reese is a good man. He's a great, skilled guy. He's a nice guy as well. Speak to him. He's a nice family. You're a nice family. It's great to have Johnny last two weeks on the keyboard. Did you notice that? Playing the keyboard? He gets embarrassed when I say public, public thing. You know, we, we need more guitarists and keyboard players. We need trumpets. We need bagpipes. Violins. You know, if you step forward, you've got to be fairly good as well. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but not brilliant because we're all learning together, but you can play. When you step forward, you're not doing it for me, you're not doing it for the church. Primarily, you're serving Jesus Christ. And your worship is worship. It's worship. We need Christ workers, kids workers. We might come in this series and say, we need people to help bless other people. Oh man, that's going to cost. Yeah, real worship costs. If you're worshipping, there's no cost. It's not real worship. What I'm trying to encourage you with is this. When you give, you're worshipping. Yeah. When the offering bowls go around a bit later, you're worshipping. You're serving the church. You're serving the kingdom. You're worshipping. So, well, who we worship, we wor- who we serve, we serve Jesus. How we serve on the basis of our identity as sons and daughters and out of worship. And finally, and quickly, why we serve. I've just given you the primary reason why we serve. Because it's worship. It's part of our worship. But there's another reason. And for this, I want to jump out of Philippians. I read it this week. I'm really enjoying reading through John, the Gospel of John. It's full of life. And uh, in John chapter 13, verses 15 to 17, Jesus has just washed his disciples' feet uh, in that ultimate picture of, of service. The king of the universe washing his disciples' feet. Amazing, isn't it? He came to serve. Verse 15 to 17 says, For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I love um, one of Bill Johnson's more provocative comments is, I'm addicted to blessing. And, uh, and you get the heart behind that because the more he receives in blessing, the more he has to give out to bless others. But who wants to be blessed? Emmanuel, we do. Just as to, yeah. I want to be blessed. What's the other option? Unblessed. Cursed. Blessings and curses. We want blessing, right? I want to be blessed. 
And there's only one true place to get unadulterated, unadulterated, pure blessing. And that's from the Father. Every other blessing comes with strings attached. Every other blessing comes with something on the side that can cause problems. But when we attract, when we attract the blessing of God, wow, that's what we want, isn't it? We want to bless. And Jesus said to his disciples, now you know these things. Now you know what it means to serve. Now you know what it means to humble yourself. If you do these things, you will be blessed if you do them. If we follow the example of Jesus, if we give ourselves to a life of service, of serving as disciples, the outcome is that we will know blessing. And that's not just the satisfaction of doing good things, because there is satisfaction in, in doing good things, in being responsible. But blessing that flows from the kingdom, whose, whose values and principles we are buying into. It's a kingdom principle that Jesus espoused when he said in Luke chapter 6 verse 38 famous words Luke 6 38 give and it will be given back to you a good measure pressed down shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use it will be measured to you God wants to pour blessing into our lives God help us get rid of a poverty mindset and I'm not talking about money. Don't anybody think I am talking about money? All right? It's not about money. Money, was it? Oh, I can't remember there's a quote I was going to say. Anyway, it's not just about money. We need money. And money is important. And money is a tool. Money is a great servant. Isn't it? You know what I'm going to say? It's a horrible master. You don't want to be mastered by money. Money is important, but it's more than that. What God wants to pour into our life is blessing. The blessing of his presence, the blessing of a sound mind, the blessing of the gift of the Holy Spirit, of the gifts of the Spirit, the blessings of contentment and joy and peace, the blessing of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He wants to pour it out into our lives. One of the great inhibitors for the church in our Western culture, I think, is a persistent lie that to be blessed you have to accumulate. And once you accumulate, you spend. And I think we can even shape some of our theology, especially some theology you hear espoused on God TV that ties into this whole area that, you know, God wants us to have more, have more, have more. It can be easily, easily misunderstood and misapplied. There was discussions going on at the Men's Connect about this. You know, you grow, you grow older and suddenly you find you're doing the same things over and over again. The, the daily grind of life. Getting more to spend it. Getting more to spend it. Getting more to spend it. Oh, stop the world. I want to get off. We forget, I think, sometimes, especially maybe as guys, some fundamental truths. Do you know you are made in the image of God? You know God is a giver. He's a good father who longs to bless. He gave us his creation. He gave, us a, he gave us a beautiful world and he gave us a responsibility to look after it. He gives us rejoice, resources to enjoy. He gave us his only son who came in the image of the Father. God is a God who gives. Do you know we're made in his image? And we were made to serve. Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. He didn't come to lord over the world, but to serve it. That's how he came. He'll come back in a different way. 
Praise God. But he came to serve. And we're made in the same image to bless, to bring peace and joy. That's the design he has for us. And if we try and operate outside of the design, we'll break the guarantee. We are called to serve. I love the words of Solomon. You've heard this verse many times before. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. What a great verse. That You can get blessings from all kinds of sources. And I thank God for the blessings that we've had as a family. I thank God for it. Thank God for a wonderful holiday. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for it. So ready for another one. So thankful for for the good things that we have and we enjoy for our houses. But you know, we can get locked into a rat race. I've got to keep going to get those things. And when we go to the, to the world for them, it comes with attached to it, prices to pay. But when we give ourselves to God, the blessing he gives, there's no side effect. There's no side effect. How, do we, how, how are the ways that we lock into that blessing? Jesus says, now you know these things. If you do what I, how I've showed you, if you wash the feet, humble yourself and wash the feet of those around you, you're going to be blessed. Hallelujah. I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed because I want to bless for and provide for my family. I want to be blessed because I want to have a holiday. But I want to be blessed so that I've got resources in my tank to bless you. I want to be blessed so that as freely I've received... Freely I can give to you. There is a pathway to blessing. But it will bring you blessings with one area and take with the other. But God's blessing blesses the whole person. And if I want to know that blessing, Jesus said, then we should serve as his disciples. So I want to say this morning, time has gone, but I want to say that all that you hear over the next few weeks and months... We are not trying to berate you to activity. We're not trying to whip you to action. We're trying to show you that when you serve, you're serving Jesus Christ. You're not serving me. You're not going to be serving the kids team, the worship team. You're not going to be serving Lighthouse or Leah. You're not going to be serving uh, Alan and the welcome team. You're going to be serving Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He's the one we're serving. Do you realise that how you're going to serve is not because I've got to do this to earn brownie points, because I'm looking for a position in the church, because I'm looking to try and let people see I'm doing a good job. I'm not trying to earn God's favour. I'm not trying to earn his love. You know, I'm serving as a son. I'm serving as a daughter. And I'm serving to worship. So that I can worship on a Sunday morning when we sing, but then I can worship when I make the tea and coffee, I can worship when I give myself to cogs or to the crèche. I can worship when I put equipment away to help the sound team. I can worship when I put the chairs away. I can worship when I play an instrument. Hallelujah. And finally, who we serve is Jesus. How we serve. Is that our identity? Why we serve? We serve to worship. But you know what? We're serving because we want the blessing of God. We want to see the blessing of God flow into our lives. So what I'm saying is it pays to serve. Yes, there's a cost. There'll always be a cost. But the cost will always be outweighed by the blessing. Always be outweighed by the blessing. So if you're challenged over the next few weeks in some way, then don't 
pull away and say, I can't afford that. You want to say, you know what? I want to worship. I want to serve Jesus. And I want more of his blessing in my life. I put my hand up. I want to serve. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads, shall we? Are you glad you're free? Aren't you glad you're free? In the sunsets, free is free indeed. Aren't you glad this morning there's nothing you can do to make God love you more? There's nothing you can do to make Him think better of you. He loves you completely. Yes, amen. Daddy, that's how we come to God. Do you know that? That's how we come to God, straight into his presence, free, knowing that he will accept us. A son or a daughter runs up to mum, shouting, Mummy, she's not supposed to do that because we're being quiet. She doesn't know that. All she sees is her mum. And I have access. You have access this morning, straight into God's presence. And you may have not done anything for God this last week, you know what? You'll still have access into his presence. Isn't that amazing? We're free. But he calls us to worship this morning. So I'm going to pray a prayer over you. Thank you, Johnson. I'm going to pray a prayer over you that you will know the joy of serving. You will know the freedom of serving. You will know what it is to serve Jesus Christ. You will know what it is to serve out of identity, not out of, not out of needs. You know what it is to serve and to know the blessing of God poured into your life. So God, I just ask you now to come upon Living Grace Church. You've called us to be a church of mission. It's in our DNA, it's in our heritage. And God, you spent three years with your disciples, discipling them, showing them what it means to serve as a disciple, so that you could launch them on the world in the power of the Spirit. God, as we've heard this morning, you want to do a deep work within our hearts, that changes who we are inside because you want us ready to go after you and after your kingdom. So I want to bless every person here today that they would know the joy of serving you. I pray and I just want to break off in the name of Jesus every lie that keeps us tied to the systems of this world. Every lie that keeps us tied to think if I want to do the best for, my, for myself, for my family, I have to follow this pattern, that pattern. We pray that we will be followers of Jesus Christ and that we would know the blessing of service. We would know the joy of service. And we would know the joy of worship as we worship you in our service. So God, I bless every person. I bless every family member, every family. I bless every household. I bless every job, every wallet. God, we bless it that the blessing of heaven would come, not just for our benefit, but for your glory, God. That we would just rejoice in you all this week. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all as we walk with you this week. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.